a historic NBA Friday. It's the first day ever of the NBA's in-season tournament. Pacers-Cavs tonight to kick it off for those two teams. We'll cross it over talking about the tournament. Those two teams, there are two games already against each other in the last couple weeks. On today's crossover, Locked on Cavs and Locked on Pacers. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Friday, everybody. It's crossover time here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Cavs and Locked On Pacers. I'm Tony East. I host Locked On Pacers and cover the team for Forbes and SI. And with me is Chris Manning, Locked On Cavs, also at Forbes, also at SB Nation, Cleveland Magazine. Uh, but really just happy to be here with my with my good friend Tony East, who I just saw in person, and it was delightful. It was delightful. Cleveland's media row is great. I actually, I, you can see really well. The pyrotechnics are close enough that I feel warmth during player introductions. I had a great fl- time. I gotta tell you, the, the flame kind of wears off, though. If I'm being <laughs> honest, like I don't want to hear, I don't want to feel that eighty, like forty plus times a year. I will tell everyone listening that all three media indie media people who went, we were like, "Oh yeah, the flame's always really hot." Ha ha! Isn't that funny? And then it happened, and we still did the thing. Where we're like, "Ooh!" Like we talked about it before, and we were still impressed because of how hot it is. It's crazy. Love that. I love that. I love that for you guys so much. Today, of course, we'll talk Pacers-Cavs. They've already played twice in the last couple of weeks. One was a preseason game, but still. Talk about tonight's game. But really, the meat of today is about the in-season tournament, a new thing implemented by the NBA. And it sounds like it's this long competition because there's so many stages and it's in throughout the season. But really, it starts today and it ends in a month and eight days. It ends like very early in December to add some added meeting to this early part of the NBA's regular season calendar. Chris, before we dive into the format and why the games are more important, do you like this idea? Do you think this is a good thing the NBA is doing? So it has grown on me, Tony, is what I would say. I think it's going to take some time to really gel. I'm really curious just to see how players do or do not care about it. I think that's a real open question. But... I do think that on paper, it's a really good idea. I think on paper, it's really interesting to consider adding just another layer of competition. I think to, from a marketing perspective, at the very least, giving some extra weight to this early part of the season is probably good and useful. I'm curious to see what that looks like. And if guys care, I mean, ultimately, we're going to find out if guys care or not. And I think they'll care more when it comes to Vegas and a trophy is on the line. But... It's grown to me, and like I also should know, I'm a soccer fan, so like I'm used to multiple trophies being up for grabs. And if you can create more incentives for people to try and create more big games for the care about, I think that's ultimately cool. We'll see how it works, but I'm, I'm in favor. What do you think? I like it. So, so bare bones level, I like it because I like watching NBA games, and there is now one more of them where where players are presumably going to be trying. Right, Buddy Heel already joked about the financial prize being important. He's like, I got a mortgage to pay. And I was like, okay, you make $19 million a year. But it was still very funny because it was Buddy Heel. It's like, I, my thing about it with what it's going to look like is if players care, fans will care, right? That I think it's that simple. If players take it seriously and care about winning and get a little more excited after those games and talk about it a lot, fans will care, right? That's just how it is, especially because 
we can't people are like oh maybe it'll feel gimmicky yeah duh it's the first year of it but like some teams are gonna win a championship and they're gonna go nuts and their fans will be psyched and then that team won't view it as gimmicky next year and then someone else you know it just keeps snowballing so i like it because there's more games and i like when players care about stuff i think they've done it like i agree i like the soccer mid-season tournament stuff that they do especially Mm -hmm. in the premier league where there's like 30 of them basically there's not that many but they keep comparing it to that but the difference is the the lead up to the title game in the nba cup or whatever it's called is they're all regular season games until the title game whereas the tournaments in europe or in england are totally separate like they're their own brackets their own competitions during the week instead of the weekend premier league game so it's a little different even though it does intertwine with their season similar to how this does what I, I also just think more than anything else, when players care, you know, when Tyrese Halliburton in a close game in this on Friday, let's say, is guarding Donovan Mitchell and it's it's a think there's a switch and those two guys are going head to head or whatever it is, and you see someone dialed into a defensive stance in a way that might not normally be for a Friday game in November, and you see the effort and you see that pop. And then you see what they say about it and how they act. I think like that will be the true test. I think the players and the coaches and how these organizations handle this and how, how invested they get into it, Tony, will be how we feel about this ultimately. It's not... Like, the NBA can be real hyped about it. They are certainly with the courts and everything doing a ton of promotion to make this a thing. They're putting it in Vegas. They're advertising travel specials for people to go. I get like there's there's a clearly a lot of investment in this from the league side of it. But it's gonna work or not based on how much players and how much organizations care about it. And we're about to find out. And I think that's that's a, the one of the more interesting parts of me is just how much do people care in a straight way. Yeah, the thing that'll make this fun, I think, for fans and even the players is and we won't know this until later in November, but like I don't remember the Pacers order of games for group stage. But let's pretend their fourth game, they're playing the Hawks, and they like, okay, guys, you have to lose by less than 12, and then you make the postseason. Like, that's very easy for a fan to understand what's at stake and know that something is at stake. Like, so the whole game, you're rooting for that beyond the win itself. Like, that added level of detail and like importance to it, once you know the results of other games in the group, will make them all more fun. And they all become important in that way. So the early ones don't have that. There's no situations. You don't know what it takes mm-hmm. to clinch, but. If, especially if it's easily digestible and marketable to fans, those late group stage games into the, the easy part to understand the playoff part of it will be really fun, I think, for everybody. I'm also just curious to see if we do get one unexpected team. I mean, I, I think if you look at who's yeah. going to, who's favored in these various groups, like so FanDuel are, you know, official sports blocked on and the Cavs Pacers group. Sixers are plus 155, Cavs are plus 170, Hawks are plus 500, Pacers are plus 550, the Pistons are plus 1600. Go through every group based on how this is organized. Obviously, there are certain teams that are big favorites or favorites in their groups, and certain teams that fall a little bit, you know, lower. Like the Wizards, for instance, are plus twenty nine hundred in a group with Milwaukee and the Heat and the Knicks and the Hornets, right? So, like, they're clearly just well far and away in the back, and that makes sense. But are, I, while I'm expecting the really good teams, I think Boston, you know, in particular, with how good they've looked, to just maybe take care of business in this to some degree. I'm wondering if we get one kind of Random one, you know, like do I don't know what the best example of this or who I'm like, I would have maybe said, okay, Memphis and their group, but they've been really bad to start the year. So that's kind of out. But is it like the Knicks in their group or, you know, does Cleveland make a run in their group or just some other say, team? Is with it this lower group? Because Philly is the favorite, but they're like a crazy situation right now. Like, 
Yeah, and the Cavs are pretty close in odds, but like, does Atlanta or Indiana, right. who is beating Cleveland once this year already and is a little bit healthier right now as as these group games start, even with the Halliburton part of this? Like, do, does one of these teams just kind of pause for Like, you look at the the West Group C: Warriors, Kings, Timberwolves, Thunder. Like, you have all teams there that are between plus one ninety five at the top for the Warriors and plus three sixty for the Thunder. Like, there's there's not like a huge separation between some of these teams. So like, I it. I think that'll be another thing. If just one young team or one upstart team that's a little lower and out of the normal title picture makes a run, I think that's only going to give us some of that March Madness energy to it a little bit. I agree. I think it will be pretty fun. Do we need to get into the format? Do we have enough time? <laughs> so I th- people should Google it and look it up. There's the five, what, five group stage games. Winter V's group advances to quarterfinals, which are going to be played at team sites. And then the semifinals and finals are at T-Mobile in Las Vegas in December. And then the teams that don't play in this tournament get some extra days off. I oh. think that's like the quick sort summation. Of. <laughs> sort of. Okay. No extra days off because they're still playing games. They're playing regular season games. No, isn't there like a couple days? Yeah. Where, yeah. That's true. Okay. <laughs> then they don't get they don't get the days off. They just have they don't get to go to Vegas. They probably have to go to like a city they're less excited to be in than Las Vegas, based on what we know about NBA players feel about Las Vegas. There's three groups of five in each conference. You play every other team in the group round robin. The winner, the team with the best record, and the points differential is the tiebreaker, right? That's why I said, like, oh, if you lose by less than twelve, that you know, like that'd be cool. They don't have that kind of stuff in the NBA that much. That determines who wins every group. And then there's one wildcard team in each conference. So it's the team that does the best in their group that doesn't win their group, which again, that point differential matters there. And then it's just a playoff bracket seated based on winners of group and point differential one through four. Normal playoff bracket. Like you said, quarterfinals are scheduled in teams arenas. So it's possible that these courts, which we haven't even touched on yet very much, will get seen three times for every team. And then the semifinals are in Vegas. And that everything I've said so far is a regular season game for teams. It counts on your regular season mm-hmm. record. And then after that's the championship game. That's the only standalone non-regular season game. It's also in Vegas. And the winning team gets 500000 I think, for every player on the team. Sec- the semifinalist is two fifty. Quarterfinalist is $100. Uh, I missed a level. But it's a lot of money for players, which is significant, too. Last thing I would add about this, Tony, just we'll hit this very quickly. Uh, I'm mostly out on these court designs. I think uh, the Pacers one in particular, I just think looks pretty bad. Did I don't think a lot of these look it? very good. I, I did not. I try I'm not prepared, to be on, I am prepared tomorrow night at Pacers Cavs okay. to pretend to do several cannonballs when I show up okay. on the court. For you. You should. It looks like a swimming pool, and I'm going to laugh every single time I do it. I think you should make TikToks of you <laughs> doing that. I don't have TikToks. I can't do that, but... Not, not with that attitude. You don't have a TikTok. But like, I just think a lot of these courts, just like, they, they're... I understand what they're doing. I just think we've taken... Can we just like have some like normal... Like, I just feel like this is like all for what? They said this is so that everybody who shows up knows it's an in-season tournament game. Okay, I hear you. That is a good idea. You want fans you, to know it's an in-season tournament game. All you have yeah. to do is put the trophy on the court, right? Like they did that at center court, but then they went one, one, <laughs> one, one, one logo. Just make an NBA. Like they had the NBA finals logo for so long. That was great. Just do that for the tournament. Right. Slap it on every. Co- it's not hard. Like it's, this isn't hard. They overthought this. They overthought. It the is. Game. It's so over the top, right? That it's like too much. Thing. And, and the, and the reason I, th- I care about it being over the top is because, they're trying to make it not a gimmick. They want it to be part of the fabric of the NBA. 
well then make it like a as close to a regular game as you can right don't like go crazy with it then it feels gimmicky to me whatever it maybe i'll see it tomorrow and go this is great it's historic day we'll see um we need to talk about pacers Cavs. they play tonight uh-huh. in an in-season tournament game and a division game and a rematch crazy already early in the season but chris before we talk pacers Cavs, we should tell everybody about the wonderful people at prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports it's just you against the numbers Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. Watch the winnings roll in. Basketball season's here. You can do combo projections now across football and basketball in their specials league. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Or play alongside of prize picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find those in their community place tab. Super fun. Super simple. It's an absolute blast. Go check it out at prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code LockdownNBA. If you do, you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. You deposit $50. Prize picks puts $50 there too. You deposit $100. There's another $100. You get the idea. That's prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 at PrizePicks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Back here, crossing it over, Locked On Pacers and Locked On Cavs. I'm Tony Eastos, Locked On Pacers. He's Chris Manning with Locked On Cavs. Chris, what do you think of Pacers-Cavs game one? Can we take anything from that? Jared Allen not playing. Do we need to add any more in-season tournament thoughts to this? What do you make of everything going on between these two teams right now? Yeah, it, it's, you know, no Darius Garland as well, which I would argue is the bigger oh, yeah. absence. Yes. You just you're just erasing Darius Garland tone in like how, how good. <laughs> Darius Garland maybe the most underrated player in the NBA. Can I make that claim? Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna clip that Him out. Him marketing that on me. And we're gonna put I'm putting on a TikTok before we see the marketing thing. Um, we're just gonna clip that. They're gonna be like, who is this guy? But you look at that first game. A little bit of Cleveland's used a different starting lineups, and then George Yang just started for them in the win over the Knicks at, in New York. You know, Mobley had 33 in that game. Lavert had 31. Um, they didn't have Mitchell, you know, in that game either. So it's like you're gonna, I think, get Mitchell for Friday. TBD, I think, on whether the other guys are are back yet. We haven't really gotten firm timelines on either one of those guys. But let me turn the tables on you. As far as the Evan Mobley part of this, this was a pretty assertive offensive game from him without the other two guards on the floor. Already. Certainly, I think had some moment. Yeah, 33. Certainly had some moments where I think he Miles Turner did rebuff him, but. He overall, I think, did pretty... This is, to me, probably his best offensive game of the season. What did you make of Mobley as a center in this game? I've always been looking forward to him playing solo five as an Evan Mobley fan. So I watched it quite a bit. Um, Yeah, you can tell why he's going to be so good playing the five. Right, The Cavs can switch a lot. He can guard lots of positions. That stuff that he does with the four, he can still do with the five, where it's more of an advantage because he's actually anchored to the big man. Like when he was guarding Jalen Smith, Defense was better because he was around the basket a lot more. When he was on Turner, he had to space out a little bit at least. Um, so the dividends there were good. I thought Jalen Smith actually exposed the only thing about Mobley that I think is a little limiting for the Cavs and interesting in this matchup is Jalen Smith was physical with him, and that actually found success for the Pacers. That bench unit for the Indiana really changed the game in the late first, early second quarter after the Cavs were up, what, 17 in like four minutes or something, right? And Jalen Smith's physicality was really important kind of turning the tides, and then Turner came back in and did a lot of that himself. So I think Mobley at center is great for the Cavs um, to the extent that they can actually play it 
you know, when Jared Allen's back, you can't do it as much. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I think that you've also figured out a lot of other teams have that just like being a little, a little physical with him does expose some warts, at least on the glass and in terms of what he's capable of. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's the limit. That's and that's where Miles Turner, I think, could look to be more physical in this game. You know, I don't view their other centers, the other bigs they're going to play as really being that kind of threat. Like if he has issues with like that with Smith, then like you think you have other problems. I guess the two things, Tony, that also stood out to me from game one, Tyrese Halliburton shot making down the stretch was really the the, the icing on this game. And then he's talking crap to a fan, which was very funny. And I always he said, Chris, we talk about Cleveland fans. He said yeah. that fan dipped out quickly, did not have anything to say to Halliburton after the game. You hate to see that. Uh, that guy, you honestly, I think it's insane that people talk as much crap as they do to professional athletes just because they bought a ticket close to the court. Like, imagine if someone treated you that way, you, job or not. But like, that's if you're going to talk that's crap. That's what Halberton said after the game, to be clear. What you just, yeah, so Tyrese Halberton, me and him, me and you can have some solidarity <laughs> in this, my guy. But like, you're in a situation too where he, <laughs> you got to kind of face your music, I think, if you're going to yap. Like you can't just like when when your team loses, you can't just like cower away. That's that's absolutely lame. The other part of this is Aaron Neesmith had 26 off the bench and had nine boards and was like the second best player for Indiana in this oh, yeah. game. And Definitely second. Yep. It, that's kind of cr- that that feels like maybe not super repeatable. And maybe that maybe the, the Pacers defense that I know you've talked a lot about how it isn't the greatest kind of falters a little bit differently. And there's a window here for the Cavs particularly if they even just get Mitchell back. But that, to me, is where I look from game one. It's like, does Neesmith cook again? And, and does Halliburton shot-making pop up again? I suspect the Halliburton one is more likely than the other one. Okay, a couple things. One, 530 injury report. Gar- Mitchell's not even on it. So, I'd presume okay, he's great. Ham- Hammy's great, yeah. Garland's questionable. Allen's okay. questionable. Jalen Smith okay, is questionable. So- and Tyrese Halliburton's questionable. So. Okay. We'll so, what's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the Halliburton concern? He didn't What's play the, their last game against the Yeah, Celtics. I knew that. But it's like, is it like, is it serious? Is this just like early season monitoring? You know, what's he the deal? He landed on Jalen Smith in Pacers Bulls and twisted his ankle. And he played the rest of that game. So I don't think it's like a long-term thing. The fact that he's been questionable two games in a row also suggests that. Um, and he like, he came back pretty quick from his injuries last year. So I, I think if he can go, he will. But they also have a back-to-back this weekend. So that does influence things. Crazy, <laughs> love back to back. <laughs> I I look. I also just like feel for all the teams already have like the Cavs, the Pacers, the Kings now with De'Aaron Fox. Like a lot of teams with early season injuries, and that's kind of put a hamper I think on some of this in season tournament stuff too. Because there, I mean, like you would like everyone to just be healthy. You would like everyone just to like be able to participate in these games. I mean, Darius Garland is in the freaking commercial for crying out loud, and like he might not play in the first in season tournament game. That's not the end of the world ultimately, but. If you're going to make this a thing, you would like your bet the best players on these teams to actually be healthy for some of them. That personally, to me, would be much more enjoyable than, like, no disrespect to, like, Craig Porter Jr., who's, like, playing his heart out, but, like, I think the Cavs would also rather have Darius Garland out there than, <laughs> huh? Than, than Craig Porter Jr. <laughs> I agree. Okay, we're going to talk about, ne- okay, first of all, a couple things to say, though. Neesmith is better this year. Like, he spent a lot of time with Lloyd Pierce in the lab working on his reads this summer. And in the preseason, he had a game like that, too, where he was, like, putting the ball on the floor and driving to the basket, and you're like, oh, Aaron Neesmith. I don't think he'll do that every night, but, like, he is better, right? So I expect him to have more 20-point games this season. We'll see how many. That was obviously a career high. Like, you can't expect that every game. 
Um, two, we're going to talk about things that might not happen again. Karis LeVert was um, the best basketball player I've ever seen for about six minutes to start the game. Perhaps that does not happen again in this one. That would seem likely. And I think particularly like if Garland, who's listed as questionable, as you said, if he plays, Karis doesn't get to kind of play the same way he, I think, optimally likes to when there are other healthy guards. So I think that certainly could have a real impact if on Karis and what he provides um, if, if Garland is, in fact, back. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. There's a lot more we can talk about with Pacers Cavs, and we will in just a second after we tell the great people about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The NFL is back and rolling. Titans, Steelers last night and right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Chris, what's tonight's uh, Pacers-Cavs line? Cavs currently four-point favorites at FanDuel. And if you're interested in the group part of this as well, Cavs are plus 170 to win the group. The Pacers plus 550. And to win it all. Cleveland at plus 1,400. The Indiana Pacers at plus 4,200 to win the whole darn in-season tournament. The in-season tournament odds. We didn't even say what their group is. We should do that after we finish talking about FanDuel because you get 150 bucks if your team wins. That's a lot of money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options, including all your favorites, the over-unders, the player props, and the spreads. So visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and kick off the NFL season. Again, $150 on any winning $5 money line bet at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here on Lockdown Pacers and Lockdown Cavs, he's Chris Manning. I'm Tony East. They're playing tonight. Did we actually say the other three teams in the Pacers and Cavs group? It's Detroit, Atlanta, and Philly. That's kind of like the easiest group in the NBA, or one of the easiest groups in the NBA. There is some... With no shades to the Cavs, by the way. That's one of the easiest groups in the NBA. Well, the Cavs haven't been good this year so far, honestly. Um, And there's a little chaos energy in there, right? I mean, James Harden trade just happened. The the Hawks are the Hawks, even if I, I like some of yeah, you know, I love Quintana. The Hawks aren't good, but I like I could like every single night they play. I'm like, yeah, they could win, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like they like they just have enough guys. So if you're looking at like point differential right now, though, they're sixth in point differential. There you go. One of the clean of the glass. Uh, looking on Where the, are the list, Indian, they got nineteenth. Still nineteenth. They lost by fifty last night. Wow. Cavs are twenty first. Philly is fourth. Yeah, they've been killing it. And the last team in the Detroit. group, gotta be is Detroit, is 16. Above the Pacers and Cavs. Shout out to the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plus a, a mere 0. 0.8 uh, above just a straight plus zero. Do you, have you, by the way, just have you looked at this? Because like FanDuel right now has, um, I was looking at this because a, a, a friend was putting some money on this. FanDuel right now has like a title, has a boost on the in-season tournament futures bets. Celtics, so you can get them if you boost it like 30%. You can get them at like plus like over plus 1,000 to win the whole thing. Boston? To win the in-season tournament, yeah, which feels like just like, you know what, like feels pretty likely if like any team's going to win, it might just be like the best team. Like, have you looked at what Boston's um, point differential is so far this year? I just watched the Celtics last night. They, 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 did, they did unholy things to the Pacers on Wednesday. 155-104 if you didn't see the score. Yeah, they scored more points than the Cavs and Knicks almost did combined in a full game. 
<laughs> for uh, ridiculous. Okay, I, uh, I, I've are, never looked this up, Chris. They attempted yeah. fewer threes than the Pacers in that game, right? The Pacers took 37, yeah. and the Celtics sure. took 35. The Celtics made 15 more threes than the Pacers. <laughs> that's uh, that's just outrageous. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, Boston has a point differential of 23.9 right now. They what, have the what is top that? offense. Like wins? It's like a 76 and 16, probably. 77 and 9. 77.9 <laughs> expected wins based on the differential. So lose like. Four, casually. Yeah, just like a casual. Even I Sorry, 70, even if it's 77 and 5, it's like, wow, you lost five games. You're absolutely slacking Boston. That team's really good. And I, they might. I, I tend to view this whole in season tournament thing as maybe just like the best team is gonna win but i guess tony we should talk about Cavs pacers can i just can i ask you like who you are most gonna zero win on in this game like who's the player you're most gonna just like follow around and watch for whatever reason uh ben matherin he he has like clearly shown where he's been trying to grow this season right every game he's got a few passes where like okay he did not have that read last year Right. Or like, oh, he clearly assessed the situation correctly in a way that last year he's like ISOing that every time. And that's great. Um, his numbers are not as good, though, because he's not doing the stuff he was awesome at last year. And his defense has been fine, but not quite the level I think the Pacers would have hoped this season. Like he did really well on DeMar DeRozan on Monday, but he did not defend very well uh, Wednesday night. Granted, nobody did. The Celtics scored 155 freaking points. So how he responds to a game like that will be really interesting to me. And can he kind of have like a like, oh, there he is kind of game. That has not happened yet. And I get that he's going to be a different player playing next to Halberton, But Halberton didn't play Wednesday and he didn't have like the standoutish performance of all time. And he's battling some elbow soreness. So uh, he'll be a guy I'm watching very up close in this one. What about you? My uh, my Pacers answer is also Matherin just because. Oh, I'm I need a Cavs fascinated. answer too, don't I? Well, think about right. it. My, 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 I love Matherin. I love the energy. I love the intensity. Um, so he is my answer there. And I just think he's so key to, like, if they break out in a big way and, like, overperform this year, let's say, I think he would be a big reason why that happens. So I'm just intrigued. My Cavs answer, I'll, I'll give you. So it's Garland if he plays, just because I want to see what he looks like and look yep. at how his hamstring looks. Because I just, hamstrings still give me that feeling of, are you sure this guy's going to be right? Are you sure this guy's going to be good to go? That's always a concern to me. My other answer would be Mobley, just because I want to see how he looks offensively. That's gonna, I, that's the number one thing I think for this Cavs season about how high the ceiling of this team is going to be is what he is offensively. I don't think their other returns have been great. So to me, I'm looking at that. I'm looking to see if you get a better version or more, just a, a better version of Mobley than we saw at times against the Knicks, and it's more akin to what you saw against the Pacers. Funnily enough, one player who I think Matherin's growth path could be similar to is Mitchell, right? And like mm. he got that matchup late last season. It was like one of his first starts being inserted into the starting lineup late last season. I was like, man, that's a good kind of thought. Although Mitchell's a better shooter for sure and a little bit better of a passer, but that's kind of one of the guys I'm like, oh, that is like get in the lab with him, right? If you can, just for a couple of the read, the quick reads kind of stuff. And Mitchell's a, a pesky defender, even though he's not the greatest on the end of the floor. I expect Matherin to be better. Um, Mobley would have been my answer because I think he's awesome. I would have voted him Defensive Player of the Year last year, despite a lot of people saying that that was maybe not the right choice in the NBA. Uh, can we reward guys for like playing games? Like, yeah, <laughs> he was the best defender who played a lot last year, right? Like, I think that would have been my case for him. So I guess my answer is going to be Karis LeVert, the ex-Pacer. Can the Pacers slow him down? He is the kind of guy like the shifty. 
like he's not the most efficient all the time, but he's very shifty side to side that they've kind of had no answers for forever. Same with DeRozan, who had 10 free throw attempts on Monday, right? So can they defend him better? Do they change up the matchups at all? Do they try some Bruce Brown on him? Bruce Brown just got eaten up by Tatum. Granted, everybody does. Um, and he's a lot shorter than him, but can they slow him down, right? Adjusting a little bit from that first game where he looked, I mean, again, he was the best player in the NBA for, for six minutes. Hey, he was a free throw away from 20 points in, what was it, six minutes, which is pace for a, a, a casual 160-point game. Like, what we, we almost had history. We didn't, but we almost did. <laughs> I am very excited for this game, Tony. I, I am actually intrigued more than I maybe thought I would be for a Friday night in watching some basketball. Um, I, I, I'm glad I don't see the court in person. <laughs> I was going to say my two big picture intrigue things are one. Can the, how do the Pacers, a young team respond to getting holy smokes smoked on Wednesday, but to the court, like, like even if you like what it looks like, right, it's bright. So on a still image, it's going to look like whatever it looks like. But when there's like a blur of people moving and your eyes and your head have to move, what is that going to look like? There's a lot of teams I'm curious about that for. I hope they let the photographers in like really early into the arena so they can get like get their camera settings right because I'm sure it's going to be wonky. No one thought of the no one no one thought of the people needing to make social content for the NBA teams. I think when they made these courts, like you you if you play the Pelicans in an in season tournament game, there's only like two uniforms you can wear. You can't wear your normal ones. You won't be able to see the players. Yeah, um, the the <laughs> the Suns one is also like really crazy. Yes. Um, I'm uh, looking. Look- that's what I didn't. That's the other thing I didn't understand is like you're kind of bo- and I know that they're paired a lot with a jersey. That's another thing I didn't even say on this. The Pacers are going to be wearing a new City Edition jersey that we found out about today. We knew it was coming, but we saw it for the first time today. So they're going to be wearing black jerseys on a aqua blue court. The Indiana Pacers. <laughs> understand. Uh, I'm looking through some of these now. The Sixers one is bright red. The Bulls one is Bulls is red too. The heat's pretty red too, isn't it? Somehow the Magic's is gray, which like is weird to me. Um, the Lakers is straight up just like yellow. It's just gold. Like it's not even really gold. It's like more yellow. Yeah. See, like I again, the hope from the NBA is you see that court and you go, oh, in season tournament game. But like, there had to be a better way to me. Yeah. The funniest There's... thing is that the cat, the cat. So I'm looking at a CBS Sports like ranking. And it's like the most normal looking court, and it got number one in the ranking because it just like kind of looks like a normal court. Because that's what they want. That's what people want. Yeah, like there's like a really like the purple one for the Jazz. Honestly, I kind of dig. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but the Cavs one is Who just like last? looks like hard. Is it the Pelicans? Were they thirtieth? No, the, it was the Wizards. Others oh, is pretty gross. Wizards one is <laughs> Wizards one is pretty bad. The Pelicans one. Oh. That's my least like, favorite. Is the Pelicans? It looks like ra- it looks like radiation, but a basketball court. They said Mardi Gras, but it's not bright enough to look like Mardi yeah, Gras. Yeah, when we're talking like about not the game tonight, we have reached the point of the end of this podcast. Looking forward to the game tonight. I'm assuming, Chris, but you can tell people mm-hmm. that you'll be talking about this game and the other Cavs happening to the weekend come Monday. Yeah, check out Locked On Cavs. Obviously, wherever you get your podcast, probably where you're watching or listening to Locked On Pacers if you're a Pacers listener right now. Same for you, Clevelanders. We'll be back Monday. Pacers have back-to-back this weekend and then have Wembenyama in the house on Monday. So lots of games and fun storylines coming up in Indyland here on Lockdown Pacers. He's Chris Manning. He's on Twitter at CWMWrites. I'm Tony East on Twitter at Tony R. East. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Pacers and Lockdown Cavs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Catch you guys soon.